John Fitch here, guys. What's going on? John Fitch knows nothing. <clears throat> there were some fights. There were some fights. I didn't. I think there was a PFL on Friday. I didn't catch it. I was traveling. I was down south for a day for Friday. Drove down Thursday night. Checked some things out on Friday. Drove back up. <laughs> in and out. In and out. I had stuff to do. Uh, how's everybody doing? We're in August already. Kids start school in two weeks. What happened to my summer? Uh, I toughed out. I toughed out the summer heat with my beard. That was uh, that was not easy to do. I've got the hair rocking. You know, it's party all over with this stuff. You know, before it turned gray and fall, was falling out, I'm, I'm just growing it, I guess. I dig it. I dig it. The lady digs it. My lady, she really digs it. Uh, I might be shaving the beard, though, soon, because I don't know. It may be maxed out. It's, you know, I've been trimming it down a little bit, keeping it less puffy, streamlining it, make it more aerodynamic so I can run a little faster in a foot race. And I think, uh, I don't know, it's about as far as you can do. I don't know what to do. I might do like a big, massive, like Fu Manchu, maybe. Play around. Lamb, you know, the big lamb chops and then a Fu Manchu. A lot of uh, facial ornamentation. You think that'll be a good look? A lot of face facial accessories. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, you know, if I get a sweaty forehead, I have my headband. It's, it's still warm out in the uh, the Bay Era. The Bay Era? It's a little sweaty. So if I put on this, I look like I need to be in the Grateful Dead movie. And then um, I don't get the glistening forehead, though. But, yeah, we had a fight night. Santos Hill. And there was, there was 10 finishes, 10 fights, 10 finishes. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy. It hasn't happened a ton of times. Should we get into it? Let me check. What are you guys up to? What are you guys up to? You guys, you guys jump right into the deep end with questions about a fish fan. Asking about Neil and Strauss and stuff. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. The Fu Manchu. I had, I mean, I was trying to, it was more of like a, uh, it started off as like a uh, tombstone Doc Holiday thingy, and then it just went f further. It was fun. Uh, but I still have it. I never cut it. I never cut it. Like, that is still there under the beard. So I'm wondering if we just take the beard away and see what that bad boy is about. We'll see. Oh, man. I like these type of questions. Tyler Durden's a stupid name is saying, dude, you think you could beat Oban Scotch in an expensive drinking contest? Yes. I would I would definitely be competitive. I would be uh, very competitive with any single barrel Scotch. That's, that's a fact. I have been... Uh, it's been hot. And... I noticed that hot days, a good uh, Pilsner is nice on a hot day. Um, you know, I got I got my hillbilly in me, Mountain Williams. I am a Mountain Williams, and every once in a while, I'll, I like a Budweiser. But I've also been having some Modelo, and uh, there's these canned beers I can get at the uh, store sometimes. The, the Trumer, Trumer Pills, they're nice. They're pretty nice. And then some days, I just want to be trashy. I want to get day, day buzzed, and I want to be trashy, and I'll have uh, Paps. I'll get some. I'll get a six pack of Paps Blue Ribbon. It's not fine dining, guys. It's not, but sometimes it's a vibe. It's a vibe. I'm sorry. Uh, leave the flea. What's up, leave the flea? Long time listener, viewer, uh, only in the second time ever in UFC history, this one and the Rockhold Bisping 
one card in Australia. It's wild. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Guys jumping in about Usman and all that stuff. We're getting into it. Um, 3B is asking if we'll ever let a woman into the Rule Zero Club. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's good to just have all male spaces. It is. We're trying to help a lot of guys uh, navigate women, and you know the old saying: um, if you want to catch fish, you don't you don't talk to the fish. You talk to the guy who's who's got the biggest trophy fish on the walls. <laughs> Um, yep, some cheap beer every once in a while. Tyler Durden's a stupid name, saying I love some cheap beer. I have smashed the Natty Ice and the George Bush. Oh man, Bush Light and Natty Ice. That's when 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 it's when it's uh, yeah when it's like cold and normal, and it still tastes like it's been sitting out in the sun for uh, six weeks. Drinking Natty Ice. <laughs> Oh, man, that was the cheapest beer in college. And Indiana doesn't sell beer on Sundays uh, unless you're at a restaurant. So we would send guys 45 minutes across the Illinois state line to get cases of Natty Ice for, it was like $6.99. It was like $6.99. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. Um, you guys ready to get into the sports, get into the, get into the fights, get into the sports, get into the fights. Let's get into the fights. Uh, make sure you guys, if you're watching, hit the like, hit the like, help with the algorithms, share with your friends. <clears throat> Let's do it. The, uh, the fights were good. The fights were good. We'll start off with the early prelims. Did you guys catch the early prelims? I was not super stoked for this for this card. I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be honest with you guys. It did not look great on paper. It didn't. I got to be honest with you. But first fight up was quick and interesting, right? Buena Silva, uh, clearly um, much, much superior grappler than Egger. She was able to close the distance, get it to the floor, and – Quickly transitioned to an arm bar. There was no escape from that arm bar. There was no escape. You know, she had her uh, into the fence where she couldn't roll. She might have been able to use the fence to pop over, jump over, and, and take the angle away, but she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. She was in a bad spot, but she was in a funky spot and you couldn't see her arm. And she tapped. But there's no video evidence of the tap anywhere. Luckily, one of the judges saw it. She didn't. She didn't protest and say no. That's bullshit. He didn't see nothing. She agreed, accepted the loss, and um, it was a good win. It was a good, solid performance uh, by uh, Buena Silva. But then she started crying. <laughs> she started crying, and. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not exactly interested, and <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see my. I don't see any of you guys cry. I know it happens sometimes, but um, yeah, don't blubber through your uh, your interviews, guys. Try to try to suck it up a little bit, maybe. It was a good fight, uh, a good performance by uh, Silva. Edgar, I don't know. Well. Give her a, we'll give her a pass because you know it's a big fight. Uh, I don't know if that was her first UFC fight. You know, not used to the lights, the cameras, all that stuff. And you're like, hey, well, you're nervous. Maybe she forgot that she tapped. Maybe uh, I don't know. But this is this is also something important for you younger fighters out there. Um, do not stop until 
the referee stops you ever. It's not good. I know she was trying to be nice. She knows she felt the tap, whatever. Hold on to the arm. Hold on to the arm. You can lighten up the pressure, maintain control, and tell the ref, hey, she's tapping. She's tapping. He can go in and check for a closer look. And if, if uh, she doesn't respond, like, give her a little more pressure. I mean, she's locked in. She's got the arm. You know, when you know what that position is and you have that position, you're in control. Like, oh, she tapped, let go. Ha, ha, it's over. Stupid. Um, I will say on the uh, dirty side, Egger, man, you guys, let's learn from this. If, if they stop and let go and nobody noticed you tap, throw some elbows. Throw some elbows, okay? That could have very easily turned into an Egger win and a controversial whatever. They could have ran back. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying this is pro wrestling, guys. It's a production. You got to run with it sometimes. You want to make the money. That's all that matters these days, right? Views and money. It's not about athletic performance or ability or winning. It's about views and money. So if uh, you can trick her on the ghost tap, there, there's a uh, um, who was it? Who was it? Is it uh, um, man? Uh, I can see in my head. What? Who's the, who's the, uh, Matt? Matt? Uh, <laughs> he used to do it all the time. A shale had done it a few times too. They both trained at uh, Keem West too. But there's guys who did like the fake. They would they would do this kind of rub with the tap. And uh, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I didn't tap. <laughs> they keep fighting. But they they were on top of it. <clears throat> Linland, Matt Linland, sorry. And, uh, you know, Edgar very easily could have just sat up and then started throwing punches and played it off. <laughs> like, whoops. If you're going to cheat, guys, just do it. <laughs> if you're going to cheat, you're going to pull that shit. Don't pull this. That's soft. Like, uh, what's that? What's the uh, what's the meme with the with the clat with little kid? Looking around like that, that's the, uh, that's her. That's Edgar. Edgar, did you tap? She's like, <laughs> hoping nobody notices. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. Next fight on the early prelims. McKenna and uh, Miranda Granger. Yeah, uh, Corey McKenna is kind of short, but she was able to get inside out grappled and uh, did some smashing. Ryan Battle um, dropped down to 170. And this is good. This is good because I think when I saw him before, he was 85. And he looked a little, you know, he had loose skin. I think this guy's lost a lot of weight. You know, he's got one of those bodies with the skin where it's like he, he probably was like 250 or 260, maybe more or something at some point. But he's leaned down. He's at 185 before, and he looked. He, you know, he had a little extra. He had a little extra, and uh, I think the announcers were saying he was trying to lift weights, exercise, and and put on a little muscle, and he his weight actually came down. Surprise, surprise, guys. Surprise, surprise. When you lift weights and build muscle, you burn fat. <sighs> Who'd have known? Who'd have known? This guy knows. Uh, but, yeah, he landed a beautiful uh, high kick. He threw uh, – it was it was orthodox for southpaw. Battle was orthodox. He threw the right hand and followed the right hand with the high kick, the right high kick. It was beautiful because when you do that, it blinds the guy. He, he sees the right hand. He might slip it. And then when he comes back, the foot's still coming. It's a beautiful uh, technique. They said him, his co he said, mentioned his coaches had been watching uh, some of the fights uh, from his opponent, Mr. Uh, Takashi Soto, and noticed that tendency. And if you are somebody who plays with your hands when you're fighting, you play with your hands, like people will pick up on that because you can play with your hands and you slip. But like, look what my hand happened. It's down here. So yeah, I slipped your punch. Ha ha ha. My, I might even be trying to throw back, and then uh, I catch a baseball bat of a shin to my jaw, and I'm talking to Jesus for a few seconds. Okay, 
Uh, that's why we don't play with our hands, fellas. We do not play with our hands. We get kicked in the face when that happens. Or big punch, big elbow. No bueno. Wrapping up the prelims. This guy looks pretty damn impressive. He looked impressive. Mikhail Oleksijic. Oleksijic. Against Milan, Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey has not had much luck recently. Uh, I can't remember the last time I seen him win a fight. I think he dropped. Is this 185-pound fight? I'm on the UFC thing. I don't even see what it is. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, but, yeah, he looked good. He looked real good, man. These these uh, Polish guys, Polish power, and he is not physically imposing. Even I feel like he could drop down. If the, if I heard right, if this was one eighty five, you guys tell me in the chat, man. I think he's one eighty five, but uh, if he's one eighty five, I feel like that dude can make welterweight, and I feel like welterweight needs some more killers in there. Um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Sam, poor, yeah, he got, that guy, yeah. Mikhail, tough. Uh, interested in seeing more of him, of course. <clears throat> and then this kid, it keeps having outstanding performances. I'm a big fan of Terrence McKinney. I'm a big fan of Terrence McKinney. Um, because he's solid. He can wrestle, he can strike. He's got a little jiu-jitsu. He's, you know, I'm sure he could uh, tighten that game up and add to it a little bit. But, you know, he's solid. He's a solid performer, and he finishes fast. He's an explosive guy. He does need to get tested in deep waters. He needs to get taken into that third round, you know, um, just to see where that lung capacity is. I'm sure he would love to never have to do that. <laughs> I mean, that would be, that would be a dream. Could you imagine never fighting more than like five minutes? Fudge. Wow. But you know, I like I liked being on TV. So I, I wanted to fight the whole fight. <laughs> I'd, I'd give away submissions. Oh, go ahead. Get away. Get up. Get up. Let's start over. <laughs> because, you know, I wanted to get as much TV time as possible. I was a kid, used to watch TV. Why would you want to only be on TV for 30 seconds when you could be on there for 15 minutes or 25? <laughs> uh, but he's he's tough. He's looking good um, in the fights he's had. I'd like to see him tested. He's been calling out Patty, um, Patty Pimpledick, and I think that could be a good fight, but I don't think they're going to give it to him. Uh, one of the reasons I do like him also is because he's been working hard, he's been performing well, and they're still ignoring him. <laughs> They're ignoring him. Like the the fights he's had, and um, in the time and the manner that he's had them, and what's been going on. Why I don't understand why they're not they're not all over this guy more. He he just doesn't fit. He doesn't fit the uh, the role. He doesn't. They don't have a role for him yet in their production. That's the problem, and that's one of the reasons I I don't like what's going on. If this was a legitimate sport with independent rankings and titles, this guy would be getting pushed way more by whatever promoter he was with. He would be a lot more popular. He'd be making more money. He'd be having his own dude would have his own um, sponsorship deals and stuff just for him because of the way he's he's going through these fights. He hasn't had a fight in the UFC. What's four fights under what was this last one? Two minutes something? Two seventeen? So he hasn't, he hasn't gone half a round. He hasn't gone half a round in four fights. That's pretty great. And you haven't heard more from this guy? You haven't, he hasn't, he's on the undercard? What was this, though? I'm sorry. This was the first of the, uh, the main card. It's still a fight night. 
still fighting it. I think this. I, I, I think yeah, they're doing him a disservice. I believe. I think they're doing him a disservice. He's done nothing but perform. Give him a, a bigger name. Put him on a, a higher, a higher visibility fight card. Just saying. Just saying. <clears throat> um, rolling through the heavyweights, man. This was this is very interesting for me. Uh, another Sergi. We talked about the other Sergi Pavlovich the other day. They they could be on a collision course maybe. Uh, Sakai is super tough striker, but he still hasn't figured out the ground. I think, and it's really held him back, which sucks. Um, Sergi here, Sivak, the polar bear. He is a polar bear. He's a monster. That guy's a monster. Got some good ground. He's tough. Can get inside. It's going to be interesting. Uh, the heavyweight division, I think, is getting shaken up a little bit, and we're going to see some good fights. Uh, Curtis Blades. Um, where, where's Gagne been? Where's Gagne been? So, like, we're going to see some more heavyweights. Let's go. More heavyweights um yeah that was another <laughs> another finish round two 342 <clears throat> uh brogan walker versus juliana miller this was one of those um fight uh, uh, uh what do you call it the uh ultimate fighter thingy right which I have I've never really watched any. I've watched the first season, and I watched some of the Kimbo season. Um, and I saw the two episodes I was on when, when Koscheck taught, but I'm not a fan of the platform. I think it's, I think it's disgraceful and embarrassing to, to put athletes through that and make them uh, dance like monkeys and clowns. I think, it's, I think it's gross to make them dance like monkeys and clowns. If you had any other professional athlete and they were, you know, making documentary type series about their training and them making it into the league or making it into um, that highest echelon of fighting, it would look nothing like the ultimate fighter. That's it's some gross pro wrestling stuff. And I think it's embarrassing to these athletes there. I said it. I don't think you should support the ultimate fighter. <laughs> I don't. Um, even though I don't like the Dana White contender series, because why the fuck should his name be anywhere associated with it? Focus on the fighters. That's better because at least they're just fighting and they're just having young people go in and fight and earn their spot. You know, I don't mind people earning things, but making them be drunk and force drama, I think it's 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 embarrassing. But going back to the fight, um, Brogan. Didn't look like she knew much about fighting. Uh, she didn't know how to close the distance and play with that range because Juliana Miller's stand-up is awful. It's absolutely awful. It's atrocious. She's she's like this. And the fact that uh, Walker could not use footwork to get inside and outside. I mean, Miller's got a big reach. She had a big reach. She looks like Nosferatu with the hunchback and the long arms. And Nosferatu just, like, punched away into a clinch and then used those long arms to wrap her up, put her on the ground, and then beat her up from, like, mount most of the fight, it seemed like. I just, um, yeah, I uh, was not impressed. She won the fight, but I was not impressed with the performance at all. I wasn't like, oh, that's some, that's some high-level skill right there. Hmm, I'll take notes. What wasn't happening? Wasn't happening for me. But she got the she got the win. She finished her uh, towards the end of the third round. And you have another Ultimate Fighter winner. Is what it is. <clears throat> um.
What are you guys doing over here? American English Language Concepts says, Dillashaw lost on the show, but he became the champ later on. Yep. <clears throat> maybe he met as <laughs> maybe he met as a dealer. <laughs> he met as a dealer after he was on the show. <clears throat> you know, when when you start getting visibility, people just want to do nice things for you and, and help you. They want to help you. So maybe he got a lot of help after he was on the show. <laughs> Some of those other guys may have already had help. <clears throat> Rooting for uh, Algermain and his fight coming up. Don't be embarrassed of what, what you're rooting for. <clears throat> Smoke weed, but I don't do drugs. Yep, that, that happens. I had an event today. <clears throat> it was fun. We can talk about it a little bit after we get through the fights. But, um, yeah, we, uh, we smoked some uh, good greenery. And we took a little seminar, a little no-gi seminar. I helped out a little bit, but it was fun. Um, back to the action. We got into this monster, Mohammed Usman and uh, Zach Pauga. And <clears throat> I'm going to say this. I'm going to have two of these talks, kind of. They're going to kind of blend together into the next one with the Hill story. <clears throat> right, so Uga has a story of he was on a football team, right? Pro football team. He never played uh, a game, never played it down, but he was on the practice squad a little bit. Uh, he said he didn't take it seriously enough. But this is a big guy who is uh, an athlete, big enough of an athlete to be on a practice team. For even a short period of time, he was on a practice team. He was in the pads. They had videos of him working out and training. So he was there. He was good enough of an athlete as a heavyweight-sized person to, to be there, okay? And he looked really athletic. He was doing well in this fight. I believe that he was winning this fight. He was winning this fight up until this monster, Usman, um, put, put, a, put a hook on him, a check hook on him that didn't even look like it was thrown hard. Uh, he did catch it. You know, he was coming into it, I think, as, as he hit him, which uh, increased the, uh, the power of it. But it starched him. It starched him bad. He was knocked out bad. He fell, hit the ground, took one big hammer fist when he was on the ground down there, and he was out hard. He was out hard, man. I bet you could hear him snoring in the locker room. <clears throat> but that was sheer power over athletic ability. <clears throat> and part of what I'm saying here is there's a there's a washout, an NFL washout. And who knows if he'll get a contract. Who knows if we'll see him in the UFC again. Who knows how he'll do overall. But I was impressed with how he was moving. I was impressed with how athletic he was. He just ran into some big power. And there's another one of those type things where this guy was a throwaway. He's a throwaway to the NFL. He wasn't good enough of an athlete. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't big enough, wasn't fast enough, wasn't strong enough to compete with the other NFL guys. So he came into fighting. He came into MMA because he wasn't going to make those millions of dollars in football. So he, he took his skill set, he took his athletic ability and pivoted to the next thing he could do and make money, and that's fighting. And he's already pretty good. Okay, he's already pretty good. I'm just saying, man, if if we had better pay in MMA for these fighters, we would have a whole different set of, of champions available in those higher weights, 205 and heavyweight especially, because those guys who are so athletic aren't going to get punched in the mouth for hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? League minimum. This guy made more. He probably $700,000 league minimum. How many years he played, you know? Um, that's <laughs> it's way more than he's making in MMA. It's way more he's going to make for a long time unless he wins a lot of fights and gets a lot of brain damage along the way. 
So how many absolute killers exist, but they do not F with MMA because of how little these guys are paid. The fact that they're not paid their 50% of earnings like every other sport. What are we being robbed of? What athletic ability? How many guys do you think are like offensive, defensive linemen that are just like sheer athletes and and could just they pick up whatever they want to pick up and they do it like masters? Like, have you ever been around these type of people? They exist. And could you imagine a two hundred sixty-five pound one of these guys who runs like a four-six forty, do hand springs, backflips, all that stuff? Spends two years training MMA. But they're not going to do it because there's no money in it. Why? Why am I going to get punched in the face if I can just run a ball or tackle somebody? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't think so. But uh, Usman, that's uh, Usman's big brother or his big little brother. And, um, man, he's a monster. He will be interesting. He will be interesting to watch fight. He will be. I'll, I'll probably tune in. Heavyweights are fun, man. They're just they're big monsters. I'd watch bear fights. I'd watch bear fights. Put, put, put a couple grizzlies in the cage and hit them with a trank full of uh, methamphetamine. <laughs> oh, man. If only I could run the country and make the laws, you'd all have a lot more fun. Let's talk about... The main event, the main event. And I'm going to get a little into, oh, it's not the main event yet. I'm sorry. Co-main. This fight was great. This was uh, amazing. Jeff Neal versus uh, Vincent Luke. Both of these guys. I'm a big fan of both these guys. And this fight kind of made me mad because I didn't want them to have to fight yet. I feel like we got robbed again as fans. This should have been a five-round title type fight. How are these guys ranked so low? Is George Masvidal ranked above these guys? Like, there's so much focus on entertainment that guys like these two get overlooked, and we get robbed. We get robbed. We don't get to see quality, talented, hardworking fighters who, like, they threw down, man. And their their skill level is on all levels. It's not just stand-up. They can wrestle. They can fight from their back. They fight to their feet hard. These guys are tough. They're good. These are the type of guys I want to see fight a lot, all the time. For high-level stuff, for belts, you know. But instead, we get Connor and Cowboy and fucking Masvidal. Come on. Come on. These are the guys that should be up in that top mix. These type of guys. And hopefully now, Neil will get more of that love. But, you know, they don't play that. They don't play the shit talk game. They don't play the... The, the social media game, and it's just they're not playing the entertainment game. They're still locked into the uh, sports mindset, sports performance mindset. And it definitely holds them back, man. It sucks. Um, the idea that these guys should be forced to jump through hoops like train monkeys or some shit to get the fans excited is it's horseshit, man. Promotion is up to the promoter. Fighters, let the fighters fight. Fighting's up to the fighters. But that was a great fight. Uh, Luke, Luke, um, the big mistake, man, he's got his guard up, and I, I don't like this. He, you, you, don't, you don't take punches. You don't absorb damage if you don't have to. You don't absorb it. And absorbing a few shots and then trying to throw back works sometimes. It was not working here. Uh, Neil's left hand was right on target. He was very accurate with it. Uh, just a sniper. He was throwing hard and fast, and he kept uh, splitting those forearms. He kept hitting the hands and hitting into him. Like he was doing damage the whole time. I would like to see uh, Neil throw more kicks, though. I would like to see him mix up some kicks so he's going high, low, you know, calf, inside leg kick type stuff. Look good, though. Look really good. I'm, uh, I'm happy for him. He's the first guy to knock out Luke. Luke, don't want to mispronounce him, but uh, man, I don't know what's next. It, I, I don't want to see uh, 
Luke get pushed down and not have not get good fights because he's he's an animal. He's a stud, man. Then we have our main event. Main event. Another great fight. This was great. Santos first Hill. Hill is somebody who looks kind of unassuming. He does. I wouldn't think, oh, this is the baddest fighter out there. But he's tough. And I'm going to tell you something, okay? Just like I said before, I think this is another case of evidence that shows that we are getting robbed of the best fights possible. Because Hill has only been doing this for like two years. He was going to be a basketball player. He's going to be a basketball star. And at some point, he decided, no, that's not going to happen. I'm going to fight instead. Okay? Another guy was trying to, trying to do another sport, washed out of that sport. Wasn't good enough to play basketball. All right? On some level. Whether he preferred fighting more or he, he realized he wasn't good enough to make the highest levels in basketball. I think it's closer to the not you knowing you're not going to make it at the highest levels of basketball. So you try to make it higher at the highest levels of the next thing. And he went to fighting and he's doing really well. And in my opinion, he's doing really well because he is an extremely good athlete, extremely good athlete. He's not super great at striking. He's not, his, his striking is not, if you had him fight a top 10 boxer, he's going to lose all, all top 10 of those boxers. Okay. Um, He's going to have uh, some trouble. He takes somebody like uh, Bodu Jack, who's a retired champ. I think he gets beat. He'll 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 get beat by him. But he's such an athlete. He's able to um, land good punches. He mostly so throws straight punches. Every time, every once in a while, sneaks in a hook, and every once in a while throws that that overhand. But he throws a lot of straight punches, and he mostly boxes. He mostly boxes, and he mostly defends the takedown. So he's constantly working up, constantly working from the bottom, um, does a lot of wall walking, and is too comfortable with his back in the fence. I don't like that. But his athleticism is what, what gets him away. He focuses on those things, counter-wrestling, counter-grappling, and, and boxing. I'd like to see him add some more, more kicks. He'd be more of a threat with more kicks. But his athleticism carries him, and he's going to beat a lot of guys. Santos is really good. I, I, I'm a I'm – a, Big fan of Santos. He fights hard. He hits hard. He does some spinny shit sometimes that he's good with. He knows how to wrestle a little bit, has stuff on the ground, can ground and pound, beat you up. Good fighter. He fought good, but Hill was just good, just enough to beat him. And, um, man, I'm very interested in seeing what happens next for Hill because this weight class is kind of wide open. I'd like to see him fight a Reyes. Reyes, because I don't want to see him fight another up and coming guy right now. Because I feel like they need a, they need to cleanse. They need to cleanse, right? Because there's going to be the John Jones stigma at that weight class for a little while. If they make the up and comer guys, if they fight Enklav and Hill or something like that, I don't even know if they're the same weight, but if if they do something like that and one of those guys loses loses to the, the other guy, uh, that guy's going to get kind of put back on the side burner for a little bit. I say have these younger guys fight the guys who fought and lost to Jones. That way you can have a new batch of fresh 205ers who people can get behind. And they'll start questioning whether or not those guys who beat those John Jones throwaways um, are, be are better. They're going to start questioning if Hill's actually better than Jones was. That's the kind of stuff you want to happen. You don't just want everybody being like, oh, yeah, these guys are good, but – because I kind of feel that way with 155 and Khabib. Because no matter who's going to win and be champion for a while, it's all going always, in my head, it's going to be, but if Khabib was still there, maybe maybe this guy wouldn't win. <sighs> Making sense? Making sense to you guys? All right. <clears throat> That's the fights. That's the fights. Um, I forgot to even look what's coming up next. Let's see what you guys... Saying, huh? Oh, man. American English language concepts is saying, John Jones has been out for a long time. They need to pay him what he's worth. He helped build the company. 
bro, that's what all of these fighters, what do you think all of the fighters have done over the years? They, they use the names, they use the fights, they use all the stuff from the past. They've got all of the videos. You got to pay for it through, through their uh, fight pass stuff. You know, that's the biggest disgrace to what they pay the fighters is that they built themselves. They wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for the backs of the fighters that fought before. The Tito's, the Chuck's, the Hughes's, all these guys. Some of them got taken care of, but even the guys who got beat up, they were there. You know, you don't have the big fight. You don't have the, the highlight reel finish if you don't have Rich Franklin knocking out uh, uh, um, Nate Quarry. You know, you don't, you don't have those things. That's the thing with fighting all pro Lamont. Leamington. I mean, all pro Leamington Z. That's so much to say. Say all pro. So all pro says, I feel like Jones is pretty much, or is pretty irrelevant now. Well, that's the thing with fighting guys. You're always in, irrelevant until your next fight. And he's at a big gap <laughs> between his last fight and his next fight. So it's just kind of how it's kind of how it goes, man. Yeah, Jones ain't he ain't he gonna spend two years trying to get up to heavyweight and then cut back down to a five. It's not happening. Uh, I think this is a waste. The King saying, oh, I don't want to fight John. Fight Izzy. I'm not interested in any other fights for John. No, he's uh, John already beat Izzy. Like, not impressed. There's no way Izzy stands a chance. John Jones embarrasses Iz Izzy. I'm sorry. If John was able to beat him at 205, you're, you're, you're a crazy person if you think Izzy has any type of a chance whatsoever against John Jones. It's just not, not real, not realistic. Jones and Mayochik, yes, that is interesting. Jones versus Naganu would have been one of the most interesting fights too, but I think Miochik, I think another fight with Miochik and, and uh, Naganu, I would think when you have somebody who's the champ that long at heavyweight, how do you not let him, you know, fight for that title a little bit more? It's kind of disgraceful. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Tyler Durden's stupid name. Says I'm watching fight. I'm watching Jones fight over Connor. Period. Never alleged violent rape. Yeah, <laughs> good. I don't even care. Like, I I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I don't care to watch Connor. I really don't. It's not interesting to me. It's just a, a clown show, man. At this point. All right, guys. We got. We got. Uh, 15 minutes. If anybody has any questions, all right, I'm going to open things up a little bit of a, a free console right now. Fitness, dating, MMA, whatever. Red pill stuff. Jump on the chat. Ask your question. Make sure you have a good internet connection so we can actually hear you. If we can't see you, not as big a deal, but... Um, Make sure we at least hear you. Has nothing to do with selling stuff tickets. Mr. T uh, is saying, why does Dana hate Stipe? I'm guessing he didn't sell enough tickets. He won too many fights. They don't like it when you win that many fights in a row. And he probably knows his worth. Maybe he has a good manager too. All of those things, you know, if he has any type of business sense, if he has anybody around him that has business sense, if he has a good manager that is not an uh, employee of the UFC quite basically, then yeah, they're not gonna like him. They're gonna they're gonna, you know, do what they can not to give him the opportunities he deserves or has earned. It's gross. Stipe is a great fighter. He's really, really solid. That uh, link is in the chat, guys. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I want to share something I just saw on. Uh, I just when I was logging in and waiting to start the thing, I, I clicked over to uh, um, Twitter, the Twitter, and I saw something tr trending, 
and it was Pete Rose. <laughs> it was Pete Rose. And I guess, Pete Rose, you guys will have to go and look and see what this is because I'll know I'll get flagged. I'm probably getting flagged right now just because you can see the game on the thing. Um, oh, that all changed. But uh, if you go and check it out, he's he's on there. And uh, he's just telling a story. He's telling a fun story. And he said um, something about a pitch being cock high. And then he said something about bullshit. And people are losing their losing their ass. They're losing their ass, losing their minds over this shit, <laughs> right? <sighs> he said cock and shit at a baseball game. <gasps> Clutching their pearls. My Lord, the sensitivity level and pussification of uh, United States of America. It's, it's gross, man. It's gross how soft people are. The words, the words are so mean. The words are mean. Oh, they're hurting me. Ah, I just, I just, I don't care, man. And it's not like he was being super vulgar and super gross. Just a little bit of a story. Gay seasoned it, right? Seasoned it with some blue collar talk. He's an old man. Put him in the put him in the uh, the damn hall of fame. Put the man in the damn hall of fame. He did some gambling. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. He paid his price. He paid the price. He um. 36 years, is that it? 36 years? That's pretty wild. You know, 36 years. That's pretty wild. All right, guys. Come on. Somebody uh, jump on. Somebody jump on. And I don't know if I already share this with you guys i want to share it again though because i think it's important i think it's important the gun control debate is bullshit it's 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 beyond it's beyond comical it's beyond comical anybody who wants to talk about oh well this country has this much gun violence and this country has this much gun violence they're, they're, they do not understand. They do not understand the situation. They, they know so little about guns and the situation with guns, especially in our country, that they don't know how much they don't know. Right? Not, not just in the fact that they don't know what a gun looks like or what its capabilities are. They don't understand the ridiculousness of what they're suggesting. I saw recently that there was something that said that the world's... Uh, the world's militaries, all the world's militaries combined had about 130 million guns. But American citizens, we have around 400 million guns. See the problem yet? There's so many guns, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're all over the place. And you have ghost guns. You have 3D printed guns. We've talked about this before, 3D printed guns. A guy turned in 62 3D printed Plastic ghost guns, working guns. They shoot. They can they can do the job. And he sold them back for one hundred fifty dollars each. Houston had to say, "We're not going to buy back gun, ghost guns anymore." That was one guy. He probably printed them out over a weekend. Sixty-two. How many people have that capability to make guns that fast? <clears throat> Your gun control argument is irrelevant doesn't matter you can't you can't ban guns people can make them they're easy to make japan the guy shot abe he made the guns they're highly illegal almost impossible to get he made one at the hardware store uh and then we have this little treat i don't know if i shared this with you already but i, I think it's kind of important that we talk about it. And this is a ghost gun. Uh, rail gun, not a ghost gun, it's a rail gun. This is something that you could 3D print, make yourself. It uses magnets to project 
metal discs out of it. I've seen other rail guns made that are much larger, and I think they have a higher, like, more powerful firing capacity. Uh, it runs on batteries. They can um, cha charge the batteries or take the battery out. He's got on rapid fire mode. I'm, I'm wondering if you can like sharpen those discs and be like little ninja stars. In there's you know you can't smell the gunpowder. You don't need bullets. You can make the rounds out of little metal pieces of metal yourself. Cheap, easy to use. You can make it yourself. You can recharge it yourself. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Gun control. My ass. Oh, Lee the Flea. Lee the Flea is saying that Australia has banned guns for a generation and just had a mass shooting the other day. A victim's family member said, how could this happen? This isn't America. There, it's like, <sighs> it's like if, it was, if there were pointy sticks, like how is this happening? We banned pointy sticks. We banned pointy sticks. How do these people keep getting pointy sticks? Oh, we're going to have to ban all sticks. No sticks anymore. <laughs> and then people just cut down a tree and make their own pointy sticks. Like, how is this happening? We already banned all the sticks. How do people keep finding sharp pointy sticks? I don't get it. We got to ban the trees. We got to ban all the sharpening things. Anything that can be used to sharpen a stick, that's banned. It's just idi idiocy, absolute idiocy. And and it's really it's really the politicians just uh, messing with people. They're messing with people, right? Because they know nothing's going to happen. They know they can't stop it. All righty, we got uh, we only got two people uh, in the waiting here. So I'm going to take one first and say what's up. A.W., what's up? Hey, what's up, John? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you as far as like a workout routine, um, what would you suggest for someone like getting into MMA and to stay in shape as far as like a cardio and then weightlifting? Yeah, go and man, I got to go in uh, the description below. Go to my um, my gum road, man. I have uh, programs. So I have a 12-minute bike routine. That's great for getting your cardio to where it needs to be for MMA. Um, and then I have a Fitch Smash uh, strength program, which is what I came up with for, you know, training as a martial artist and strength training for a martial artist. Get myself strong and healthy and, and my joints strong. Put that gum road in the chat too here for people. But um, I also have their um, resistance band course going and I have, I have videos on, uh, I have a, I have a cardio video up on my YouTube that's up for free where you can, uh, you can see where I do like a, a 25 or, or I think it's a maybe 20 or 30 minute workout, but like you hit the hit cardio sprint workouts or, or what you really want to do for, um, your conditioning for MMA. And then the way I lift is I lift more days, but less time. And I'm not really trying to go to, to failure because I want to, I want to have enough energy to continue my workouts the rest of the day, right? Yeah, definitely. So you're saying for your cardio workouts, uh, specifically for MMA is sprints. Because you mentioned before, and I know your fighting style, you're full blast. Like with uh, Rory McDonald, you're like in his face, chasing him mm -hmm. down. Um, yep. So you're saying with sprints, that would be the best approach. Because I do like the run, but I typically do like five-mile uh, jogs. Yeah. But um, would that, should that be like an everyday type of thing? What are your thoughts? No, uh, the, the cardio can be done like the, like the super hard cardio, uh, you know, with the sprint workouts hit type cardio, I would do, uh, you know, three to four times a week, but you're also doing workouts that can also push your cardio where, you know, wrestling day, when you're doing hard wrestling, when you're doing your hard sparring, when you're doing, uh, you know, your grappling days, like there's still a lot of cardio elements in that when I'm doing technique training or skill set training, hitting mitts those types of things, you're still, you're still getting a little bit of, of some sprint workout in that. And uh, you're mimicking, 
you know, you're fighting your times that way too. So you don't always have to be on the stationary bike or the treadmill or, or, um, you know, the, the cardio machines or out, out, out doing your sprints because you do get sprints from some of your other training. Yeah, definitely. That makes perfect sense. And, but you got to uh, think about it, you know, a fight a fight isn't, it's not a, it's not a marathon, you know, it, it's a sprint. You're, you're going to sprint for 15 or 25 minutes. Yeah. 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 The conditioning seems crazy. Like, um, and then even for like jujitsu. So you, I mean, obviously you have to roll every day, right? When I was doing, when I was active with jujitsu, I was rolling pretty much, you know, five, six days a week, but, um, yeah. Well, you want to be making sure that you're, um, drilling a lot, right? It's not just about rolling hard. And part of that is because, you know, if you don't have the skill set and you haven't drilled the skill set and you haven't trained your body to do what it needs to do, you, you can develop bad habits. Okay. So that's one thing you don't want to do. Um, you can also open yourself up to more injuries because again, you haven't, you haven't learned the techniques and you haven't learned the systems to be successful. So you're kind of just going out there and spazzing a little bit. Um, on the other end, you also need, uh, you also need a lot of that sparring like that when you're first starting out because you don't have a lot of fight experience, you know, like I've, I'm 40 fights, 40 pro fights deep. So like, it's not as big a deal for me to go in and do hard, hard, uh, in your face grappling or trying to kill each other or sparring for that matter. You know, I can go in and I can drill for 30 minutes and then do hard cardio and that's is that's all I needed to do for that day because I've already built the skill sets and I've already had the experience where I don't need to get put in those hard positions. Definitely. That makes sense. Uh, just one last question. Since someone put a comment, I wanted to ask you about like red pill content. Um, right. who do you, who do you, uh, advi um, who do you suggest like a modern life dating or I know I watch a Rolo Tomasi sometimes I've yep. seen you with the, uh, the ground zero streams. Um, yeah, the rule, rule zero stuff like rule zero, yeah. you know i like i like rich cooper I, I like rich cooper i like modern life dating john um rollo you know i've met i've met john i've met some of the guys in person um i like those guys that i work with because they all had a success they all were successful somewhere else before they were doing online stuff you know like it, some of these guys they're just online creators that's all they've ever done you know, they don't really have receipts in my book. Like if you haven't created a life for yourself doing something else already, like what, what, what do you have to fall back on? Like, where does your experience lie? Like what, what have you tested out and actually found success with? A lot of these guys are just reading Rolo stuff and, and talking shit. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I do like a Rich Cooper stuff is some of his clips because he's obviously a, a smart guy and he's focused on like he's had uh, a lot of success, you know, he's, yeah, he's self-improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, his, his personal life, you know, he's, he's a successful guy. It's yeah. A, it's something to look at. Yeah, most definitely. Just wanted to ask you that. I appreciate it, John. Have a good one. All right, man. Thanks for, thanks for stopping in. Takes guts. A lot of these guys are scared. <laughs> All right. Uh, there was a uh, Billy, Billy was uh, trying to come on, but he was in the back and waiting. I uh, hope Billy, uh, you'll come back. Okay. Billy's saying that his uh, internet's not stable right now. All right, no worries. Uh, I will wrap it up then. Billy's not going to call back in. And the next time we have room for a consult, I really appreciate you guys calling in. AW, um, thank you very much. It, it makes things um, a lot easier for other guys, you know, because we all have the same questions, seriously. But some sometimes people are just afraid to ask. <laughs> and you'd be surprised how many people have the exact same question that you do. You know, you just got to ask. You just got to ask a question. Here, I'll put this. Uh, all right. The king is asking how to call in. I'll do this. We'll stick around for one more if you're going to call in. I'm putting it in the, uh, the chat. There's a link in the chat. I'm hitting it right now. Give you a second to see it. Yeah, just follow that link. Oh, yeah.
I'll let you. I see your question. The king's asking this question here. But uh, why don't you come on and uh, ask? All right, here we go. Is this you, uh, Joshua? Hello. Hey, how's it going? How's it How going, man? Is, are oh, you the king? Yeah, that's me. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, so, so what's up, man? What's your question? So the first question I wanted to ask you, I've been reading a lot of, uh, actually, uh, my favorite fighter is old guy named Ensign Inoue. Uh, he has a oh, book. Ensign on Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Live as a man, die as a man, become a man. That's the, that's the one I've got. In there, he mentioned something about fight IQ. And I've been looking around a lot and trying to figure out specifically what they're talking about. I get like, you know, fight smart, but how do you improve your fight IQ outside of sparring? Yeah. So um, fight IQ generally comes from a place of experience. You've got a lot of rounds in, you've got a lot of uh, fights in, uh, you've coached a lot of people, you've seen a lot of fights, you kind of have an understanding of an overall outside perspective of, of, of fighting. But, but it also comes from uh, a knowing of why, right? A lot of people know the hows. They know how to throw the punch. They know how to throw the kicks. Um, they even may be really good at knowing the wins. But not everybody knows the why. And I, I really believe that the why is the thing that separates the, the elite guys from a lot of other people. Now, some guys are elite just because they're – they're supreme athletes and they may have, they may be dumb as a box of rocks as far as fight IQ, but it doesn't matter because they're so strong. They're so fast and they're so good at what they do that, that they can just shove it down your throat. But guys who can, you know, see what their opponent is doing and create strategies around it. Guys who can, who can change strategy mid fight because they notice that something's happening. It, it could be, um, you know, a wrestler who's not very good at striking goes into a fight, throws a leg kick and realizes, hey, this guy doesn't check. And the next thing you know, it's, it's, it's two and a half minutes and nothing but leg kicks because he was smart enough to understand if they're not defending against something, you just keep doing it, you know, mm -hmm. and that comes from knowing the why. And that's part of knowing uh, situations from having either good coaching or just thinking things through. Like, I think I had fight IQ, high, high fight IQ because – my, like my dad was an engineer, civil engineer. So like I'm, I'm very meticulous about, you know, the math of it. Like, why does this work? Somebody showed me a technique. It wasn't enough to know the technique and when to use it. I had to understand exactly why. So like I'm breaking down like the mechanics of how the shoulder turns to understand the biomechanics for why a certain submission works. And um, not everybody, not everybody does that. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest guy I see do it now, who still does it a lot, uh, explains the words a lot, is Dominic Cruz. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, who's, the, who's the little guy that went from UFC to 1FC? I always – I always uh, try, try The little guy who went from UFC to 1FC. Uh, was it uh, Johnson. Johnson. Oh, Mighty yeah, DJ. Mouth. Yeah, DJ. so that's – yeah. So he's 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 got some he's got some fight IQ for sure. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Right. It's crazy. Uh, last one, I'll, I'll let you go. Like right after this, what do you look for uh, in the difference between a BJJ gym and a MMA gym? Because mm -hmm. out here, I'm in Tokyo, so out here in Tokyo, they got a lot of them all over the place. Yeah. So okay, a lot of. What you're going to look for first off, whether it's BJJ or amateur, is like or BJJ or MMA is like, what are you trying to accomplish? What do you want to do? Is it just a hobby? Are you trying to learn um, self defense? Uh, are you trying to go through the whole journey of jujitsu and and get your black belt and become an instructor? You know, um, or are you a middle aged guy who who just wants to get to work out in and, and build some camaraderie and and feels it's important to have you know, challenges that push you, you know, it's important to like fight out a mount and fight chokes off because it's, it makes you a stronger person. You know, really what you're looking for has a lot to do with what you're going to, you know, find in those gyms. If you want to be a pro fighter, you're going to need to find a gym that has pro fighters and has a, a, a stream of talent that goes into big fights, you know, because you can, you can have a great coach at a small gym, but it can be very hard to get 
where you can be seen at a small gym if you don't have other guys around you or nobody knows who your coach is. Correct. Right. Um, and yeah, the BJJ, same thing, like you, depending on what you're trying to do with that. And then the gym itself, when you go to the gyms, you have to meet the instructors and the students. And if you don't get along with those people, <laughs> you know, you're not going to go. Like it could be yeah. the greatest gym in the world, but if you don't, if you don't really gel with those people, you don't vibe with them, you don't see eye to eye, you're going to have a hard time going all the time in training. You're not, it's not going to be a fun environment for you. Yeah. Great. All right, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All righty. I'm back. All righty. That's great. Uh, I got a super chat. I want to clear clear this for uh, Billy Wang here. Uh, He says, not a pussy. Just got some bad internet. (laughs) Great stuff from you, though, Mr. Fitch. Highly recommend MLD. Uh, to first caller. Yeah. John, Don does a great job. He's doing his uh, men program right now. So he kind of missed out on that by a few days, but he does these online seminars basically. And it's week long and he'll do two in a day. It's one in the morning, one at night. And those, those calls can be uh, two hours. They've had five hours. They've gone on those calls and they have different presenters. I've done one. Um, other guys come on, they give their presentations, they talk about, you know, different ways to, to self-improve, different ways to, to uh, level up. Um, so he's got the men course right now. Uh, sometimes he does the body, uh, body, body, body language mastery, right? That's what the BLM stands for. Um, and then he does, uh, he did a, he did an inner, he did like an inner, uh, working, you know, you got to fix yourself before you fix your life type of stuff and guys have a lot of hangups that they need to get over. So he does a lot of good stuff. Like he helps a lot of people. Like uh, it's impressive what he's been doing, man. Um, but yeah, I work with a good, I don't, you know, like I went to the stuff in Florida, that other guy. Um, I've seen some other guys. I've talked to some other people and there's a lot of good people out there. There's some cool people out there. Uh, but like, I feel like Ryan stone and, and, uh, Troy Francis, Sterling Cooper, John, uh, um, Apex Mindset, Paul, for, for sure. Like these guys, they're next level intelligent. Like I'm, I'm a student to these guys. And um, I feel I'm as good at MMA as these guys are at intersexual dynamics and, and coaching uh, people. Right. So I feel like I'm, I'm with uh, peers in that regard. You know, I'm, I'm not as good as they are at what they do, but in the similar fashion, they're not as good at the things that I do. Um, and we all fit together really well in that, in that sense. Because even if we have disagreements on certain things, like we still understand the uh, overall proxiology of the red pill and how to utilize it to make your life awesome. So I got nothing, good, nothing but good things to say about the guys I work with. All right. Thank you guys for coming and commenting and taking part. We have 22 guys watching right now. We had a really good show today. There were really good fights. I think there were 11, 11 knockouts this weekend. Uh, 10 at the UFC and then this show tonight. Ooh. All right, guys. Thank you so much um, for stopping in. Uh, there'll be a learn to fight video on YouTube in the morning. I'll check y'all later.